Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to the recommendations for the Recently Redeemed podcast. I'm your host, Carson Hall, the college and career pastor here at Maysville Baptist Church. I'm so thankful you tuned in today for our recommendations to help you grow in your walk with the Lord, and I pray they benefit you greatly. Hey everyone, welcome to the recommendations for the Recently Redeemed podcast. I'm your host, Carson Hall. We're so excited for this first episode, and I am blessed to have our pastor here at Maysville Baptist Church as our first guest, Pastor Shane Robertson, who is a huge mentor to me and a dear friend, and I really appreciate you coming on the podcast today, Shane. Well, thank you, Carson. It's a joy to be with you today. It is a great opportunity for us to sit and talk and I'm looking forward to it. Thank yes, you. sir. Yes, sir. Well, would you want to take just a minute or two and just uh, kind of share what the head pastor role here at Maysville looks like? Yeah, I'd be glad to do that. It is a joy and a privilege to be able to be the senior pastor here at Maysville Baptist Church. We are very blessed to have a church that uh, gives me the opportunity to lead and to focus on the gifts that God has given me in the area of preaching and teaching and also counseling and praying mm. and building relationships, casting vision, uh, getting us from where we are to where we feel like the Lord wants us to be in that vision, and really to try to focus on fulfilling our purpose, which is loving God, mm. loving others, and serving the world. And so we we really attempt everything that we do here, it's my heart's desire, is that it falls within those principles that we love God, love others, and serve the world, mm. and that reflect throughout all areas of our ministry. And yeah. as as the senior pastor, we, you know, we've got staff, and I'm very grateful for staff, and just trying to keep everybody in their lane, and trying to make sure that um, we're able to make the big vastness of Maysville Baptist Church into bite size bite size segments mm. where we can we can fulfill that purpose. And, and make what is classified, in, and, and by all standards, when you look at the numbers, a big church into a small church mm. uh, so that we can reach our community and the world for Jesus Christ. Yes, sir. And I'm so thankful for you and your leadership in that. So just so everybody will know, with this being the first episode of the podcast, how the podcast is going to work, I have asked all the pastors and church members and church leaders that are going to come on the podcast to think of two books of the Bible they would recommend for a new believer to read in the first one to two years of their Christian faith one spiritual book to supplement those two books of the Bible and your walk with the Lord, and then one piece of advice they would give to a new Christian. And we're just going to walk through that together, and hopefully these recommendations will greatly help not only new believers, but seasoned Christians grow in their walk with the Lord. So, Pastor, would you like to start off with uh, the first biblical book you would recommend to a new Christian? Yeah, I really believe for a new Christian, I would recommend first the first book that they read would be First John. First mm. uh, John uh, parallels the Gospel of John very closely. However, uh, we know that First John was written to believers, and namely, it was written to believers in Asia Minor. And what was going on in Asia Minor were there were a lot of challenges that were happening. Mm. There were a lot of uh, 
challenges spiritually. People were being challenged in their faith, and John writes and addresses a, a very broad uh, moral topic uh, in relationship to those that are faced with challenges in their Christian faith. And so First John does a great job of talking about these challenges and really focusing on the deity of Jesus Christ and the resurrection, mm. which are two principles and two theologies and belief systems that we have to be reconciled on. Yes, We've got to clearly understand the deity of Jesus Christ, that he, in fact, is the Messiah. And we also have to be utterly secure in the fact that he rose from the dead. And these oppositions during the first century church in Asia Minor were very strong in challenging those two positions. And so John, when he's instructing these believers, he's combating these heresies by strengthening mm. our faith in the arena of the deity of Jesus Christ, as well as the resurrection. Mm. And the influence from this passage of Scripture bleeds over cross-culturally, not just to the Jews, but also to the Gentiles. Right. Uh, so when you're thinking about Christianity as a whole, uh, we see from start to finish, from Old Testament to New Testament, that Jesus really and God intended, God the Father intended, for the whole world to come to know Christ. Mm. He, his desire is that everyone be saved. And so in relationship to that and getting the foundation sure, I, I have this tendency to recommend to new believers that they, uh, in fact, start with 1 John. Mm. I think that's a great point, and I think First John, like you said, is such a great place to start. And one key word that reigned true to me was foundation. Mm. You know, and I think it's so true that if you start on a broken foundation, you're gonna you're gonna find some troubles down the road. So it's so important with a book like First John to get those key fundamentals mm. sound and build that firm foundation that you can grow off of in your theology and your Christian walk. There's no doubt. In, in speaking of keywords, when you read the book of 1 John, you will find the word no, K-N-O-W. Mm. It's listed 33 times in the book of 1 John. Wow. And, I, of course, it's really no... It's no secret if you've heard me preach, you know my, my favorite passage of Scripture in all the Bible is 1 John chapter 5, verse mm. 13. And it says, These things have I written unto you that you may know that you have eternal life, mm. that you may believe on the name of the Son of God, which I find it so wonderful. And, and it just, not just from the perspective of warming a heart, but bringing great security amongst the believers that you can know where you're going to spend an eternity. Mm. And John wrote this little epistle of 1 John. He wrote it with the heart and the thought under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that you can walk away from that book secure in your faith, knowing that salvation by faith in Jesus Christ secures that believer because God, through his pronouncement of justification on a lost sinner, who has received Christ as Savior, has now been justified, declared righteous, and has the ability now, with the leadership of the Holy Spirit, to walk in the light of the glories of God. Mm. It's just a great, it's a great epistle that strengthens the hearts of new Christians. That's, I can't think of a better place to start. I mean, just all the themes that you're going to find. And I love the fact of, 
you know, working with the college and career, one thing I try to pound in is anytime you see repetition, you need to pay attention, just like in academic studies outside of the Bible. So when you see no repeated the 33 times throughout that book, it's like, okay, this is probably something I should pay attention to. And it's so important for a new Christian to be able to say, I know I'm saved. Because in that first season of your walk is when you might struggle the most with those questions of, okay, am I really saved? So that knowing is so important. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, and John does such a great job when he's writing this epistle to contrast Christ with what we know as Antichrist. Mm. Now, he, and he mentions this a couple of times throughout the course of, of this letter in relationship to that. He's not talking about the Antichrist that we find in the book of Revelation. Right. He's talking about any entity, any person, any religion, anything that's out there today mm. that masks itself uh, in religion but denies the deity of Jesus Christ and denies the resurrection of Jesus. And these are antichrist, and these are the things that we have we do spiritual battle with. Mm. And so foundationally speaking, in knowing how we respond to challenging cultural religious pressures that come on to us, John, John does a, a great job of just instructing us to be aware of the enemy, uh, be strong in your faith, and continuing to abide in Jesus Christ. Mm. And in doing so, in doing so, victory is held day by day as we walk with Jesus Christ. Mm. I love it. I love it. So just for anybody keeping notes, the first book we both would recommend would be First John and those fundamentals, building that foundation. What would be uh, the second biblical book you would recommend? Well, I, in thinking about the second biblical book that I would recommend, of course, wanting to go just a little bit deeper, wanting to clearly understand the life of Jesus Christ mm. in understanding the gospel, I think that I would go to a gospel book. Now, mm. we know that there are four gospels, and which gospel would I recommend that a new believer uh, read or study. And, and I want to stress, I would stress study. I mm. would, as a matter of fact, I would say that, you know, before you even begin this, uh, this wonderful, uh, this wonderful growth in, in reading these recommendations, I would really make sure you have a good study Bible. Mm. I mean, that's, that's probably the one question that I get more than any other question mm. is what kind of study Bible do I need? Right. What kind of study Bible should I use? And there's a lot of good ones out there. And, and by form of recommendations, I can I could recommend the Life Principle Daily Bible by Charles Stanley. Mm. That's a really good study Bible for a new believer. I mean, that really uh, sets the, the precedence in, in relationship to life principles. I think that would be a great a great study Bible. The second one that I'd recommend, I would recommend Vine's Expository mm. Mm -hmm. uh, Study Bible. I know you have one of those. I have one of those, and all the staff actually has a Vine's Study Bible. Those are invaluable in, in relationship to, to strong biblical teachings. I, I would recommend that. Uh, a third that uh, I would recommend is the Life Application Bible. Mm. That seems to have really encouraged and helped a lot of people down through the years. Uh, the Life Application Bible has been a source of encouragement and help as they read First John or any, any book of the Bible. Now, personally, I use the Hebrew-Greek mm. study Bible. Right. Now, 
Um, I don't recommend that for a brand new Christian because that that'll be a little bit discouraging. Could could yeah. be a little bit of a put off. Uh, but once you grow in your faith, I would I, it would be really good to have a study Bible like this because it aligns itself with Strong's numbers, mm. uh, and it focuses really on key Greek words and key Hebrew words, and um, that's that's something that I've been using for a very long time. But as in, in relationship to the second book that I would recommend in a gospel would be the Gospel of Luke. Mm. The Gospel of Luke would be one that I would recommend, and the reason why is because Luke is a Gentile. Right. Ninety percent of the individuals that that I'm going to minister to in the United States of America are going to be Gentiles. Mm. Uh, yes, we do find ourselves having Messianic Jews in the congregation, and that is a tremendous blessing by form of heritage. But for the most part, just like the church at Rome, when Paul wrote to the church at Rome, there's a majority of Gentiles that are here. And to read Luke's account, who, according to Scripture, was the beloved physician, uh, so he was a doctor, Mm. we find that the Gospel of Luke gives attention to some key aspects of Jesus' ministry that I really think are foundational in understanding who he was, what he was doing, from a Gentile perspective that was led under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Um, we know that uh, in regards to Luke, the, one of the major focuses and the major themes of the Gospel of Luke is Luke's attention to prayer. Uh, the combined Gospels record that Christ prayed a total of 15 different times. But Luke records 11 of these instances. Mm. He really focuses on Jesus and Jesus' prayer life, which is so vitally important. And he intends, obviously, in reading the text, he intends this gospel to be available to the public. Even though he has addressed it to Theophilies, mm. it is really laid out in response to the, the nation as a whole, right. the Gentile nation as a whole, really wanting them to understand uh, the gospel. Uh, the gospel of Luke has this long awaited presentation of the Messiah, the Savior of mankind, and it puts very special emphasis upon the kindness of Jesus towards women, the weak, the poor, the outcast, and those that are suffering. Mm. It just seems to be, to me, to be a foundational gospel for Gentiles that we can clearly understand and not get bogged down into the traditions of the Jewish mind or the Jewish right. community. Although I, I, I think that the more we grow in Christ, the more we need to understand mm. how would a first century Jew, how would they receive this? So in relationship to the Gospel of Luke, I'm thinking how would a first century Christian Gentile mm. receive what's being uh, written here under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God? Uh, and of course, he does a he does a fantastic job of laying out the foundational truths about about Jesus, uh, about where he came about where mm. he came from, how he is from the Father, and all the wonderful aspects of Jesus's life. So, yeah, I think I think Luke would be the second book that mm. I would recommend. First John would be the first one, and then Luke would be the second. Yeah, and I I love those two. I love those two. I think I think those are great places to start. You've got First John. You know, lending that security in your salvation. And then what better place to go next is Luke, where you can learn more about the one that bought that salvation for you. And just 
I think it's a great progression for a new believer. And these, I mean, those are two books you could truly take the first one to two years and study. I mean, there's, you could probably take one of them and study them for two years. Yeah, so, yeah you really could. You really could. I mean, and again, I, I go back to the, the arena of, of study Bibles mm. and, and making sure that, you know, you ask the investigative questions. Who, what, when, why, and how mm. when, you know, when you're reading the Scriptures? You know, who wrote this? Well, in this case, Luke wrote it. Why did he write it? Mm. When did he write it? Uh, to whom was he writing it to? And then taking those things and, and trying to clearly understand uh, the information that he's given from an eyewitness experience yes. in the life of Jesus Christ. Mm. And I, I love the fact that you included the such a high recommendation of getting a study Bible. And I, I can't recommend that enough either. I mean, that's going to just be so useful to a new Christian to grow and truly be able to get as much out of their Bible as they can. And one thing I would even add is, uh, and I believe, Pastor, you use it as well, the Blue Letter Bible app on the phone. If you're looking for a great application on a digital device, the Blue Letter Bible is a phenomenal place to go because they do have some commentaries on the books you can read. They have some study features and best part it's a free it's a free app so i mean you ain't got to pay nothing for it i love blue letter bible i think it's tremendous i i highly recommend blue letter bible i, mm. I use it personally myself i'm very grateful um uh, for the opportunity that they provide mm. and and they do accept donations and um, i know that they would not be able to do their ministry without it but it is a good resource it yes. is an excellent resource if you're wanting to learn greek and and hebrew words and uh, the structure and the interlinear translations mm. in relationship to that. It's uh, commentaries. Man, they got a lot of commentaries that you can read. Audio commentaries as well as text commentaries. Just a great resource yeah, for a Christian. It's phenomenal. But I think overall, I would encourage just something about being able to turn the pages of a physical Bible. It's I don't know, it's something just, it sticks with me more personally when I'm sitting there flipping through the pages studying than it would if I was on an application. So, First John, then Luke, what would be the uh, spiritual book to supplement in those uh, you would recommend for a new believer? Boy, this is a really hard question because there's <laughs> there so many books out there that I feel like are are tremendous in relationship to new Christians and, and, and growth and learning more about Christ. But I think if I had to just, if I had to narrow it down to one, what one book, I'd have to go back to my own personal life and go, okay, so in my life, what one book really made a difference mm. in relationship to uh, my spiritual growth? Right. And uh, there's a book by Jack Taylor, and the name of the book is The Key to Triumphant Living. Uh, the Key to Triumphant Living by Jack Taylor seems to be a great resource. It's not a theological dissertation. Mm. That's not what this book is. The premise of this book is really from Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, that says this, To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Mm. So the, the whole entire book revolves around this one thought, Christ in you. 
and uh, the subtitle of the book is An Adventure in Personal Discovery. Mm. And, and really what it is is it's Jack, it's Jack Taylor's journey, his spiritual journey on how he uh, is living the abundant life in Christ by recognizing that the Holy Spirit dwells inside of him mm. and being able to communicate that in such a way that uh, he really challenges the reader to have a triumphant position in walking daily with Jesus Christ. Uh, Jack Taylor was a native of Texas. Uh, he was the founder and president of Dimensions Ministry. Uh, he was a pastor for more than 25 years, uh, and he also was a former vice president of the Southern Baptist Convention. Um, his uh, ministry just seems to have been uh, really entrenched mm. in the fact that we don't need to push the Holy Spirit over into the corner as Southern Baptists, right? And and treat the Holy Spirit like a redheaded stepchild. <laughs> what he what he really wants us to do is he really wants us to embrace the fact that we are indwelt by the Spirit of God, mm. and through that indwelling of the Spirit, gives us it gives us victory and it gives us what we need to overcome uh, Satan and to overcome. Uh, the challenges and the temptations that exist inside of you. And so the key uh, in this whole book is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The subject matter of Jack's book is simply that Jesus Christ indwells the believer with the Holy Spirit, and that's everything that you need mm. to have a triumphant life in Christ and uh, chapter after chapter after chapter, it's just challenging. Mm. You were challenged to grow closer to Jesus. You're challenged to have a more intimate walk with Christ. You're challenged in the arena of your prayer life to really focus on Christ. So I really think if I had to narrow it down to one book that really changed my outlook on victorious Christian living, it would be the book The Key to Triumphant Living by Jack Taylor. Mm. I, I think that's a great place to start. I've not personally read that book, but in just hearing you describe it, I think, you know, over and over again, just a reigning theme for me through the two biblical books and the one spiritual book is just building that solid foundation to grow off of as you progress closer to the Lord in your Christian life. And that's such a great place to start because I feel like sometimes a new Christian can kind of flounder, if you will, in that growth in the first few years of their life. And those are really, I feel, one of the most important times of a new Christian's life. It's when you truly start to formulate, okay, this is my relationship with the Lord and just growing in that and growing in your walk with him, growing closer to him. So I love, I love those recommendations and I think they're great places to start. So as we finish this up, what would be one piece of advice you would give a new Christian that you wish someone would have told you? I uh, I think in relationship to being a new Christian, I was saved in 1988, and so I was 14 years old. And, uh, you know, in thinking about the question, th that is it's a great question. I think it's a question that, um, depending upon 
the period of time in your life when you receive Christ. Mm. I think really that that advice um, varies. Mm. You know, so if I'm talking to 14-year-old Shane, when when he gets saved as a 14-year-old, um, I think, you know, the advice that, that I feel like he needs to know first and foremost is stay clean and close. Right. Stay clean of sin and stay close uh, to Christ. Mm. Uh, and then I would think, you know, one year after uh, my uh, discipleship as I'm growing in Jesus Christ and as I begin to get older at 15 uh, and even further along as I start making my way into, into adulthood, uh, I, I really think a, a practical bit of advice uh, would be uh, make sure you understand right what the text is saying mm. understand what the text is saying and and even if it takes two or three readings mm. that's okay even if it and we've got some great resources today right you you mentioned blue letter bible we got great resources today um we should not use the excuse of of ignorance mm. we don't need to sit back and say oh i guess i'm just too you fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. I'm too dumb. I'm too simple. I, I don't understand. There is no excuse in today's culture. There are so many resources that we have online, on the phone, mm. uh, in still in solid book form. Um, there just really are some things that we can we can use that would benefit our understanding of not only what the scriptures meant to the original readers. Mm. But how that applies, right? And I really think, I think Adrian Rogers did the greatest job with this. Um, when Adrian Rogers was alive and pastoring Bellevue Baptist Church, um, he would he would give this um, he would give a couple of these questions that would say, okay, in relationship to understanding the scriptures, he'd say, here are five questions mm. that you need to ask yourself. Question number one: Is there a command to obey? Is there a command to obey? When I read this text, is there a command in this text to obey? Mm-hmm. Like, for example, uh, in the book of Matthew, uh, in the Great Commission, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. There's a command. Go. Jesus tells us to go. Present tense, imperative verb, go. Right. In fact, in the present tense, as you are going. Uh, so is there a command to obey? Number two, he would say, is there a promise to claim? Mm-hmm. Is there a promise to claim? First John chapter five verse thirteen. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. Mm-hmm. Well, if you know something, man, that's a that's a surety. Yes. And thank God for the promise of assurance that's not just located in First John five thirteen, but all through the Scriptures as we begin to read it and contextualize and see that uh, God does the saving mm-hmm. and He does the preserving. But it's on the faith of the believer as they receive Christ. Number three, here's the third one that Adrian Rogers would say. Is there a sin to avoid? Mm. Is there a sin to avoid? Uh, you know, when Paul's writing to the church at Rome, uh, uh, there in chapter number 13, he lists the five of the Ten Commandments, uh, giving us these examples of sin that, that we are to avoid, and then saying that it can all be summed up in one phrase. Mm that you love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. Uh, 
Number four, he, he asked this question. Adrian Rogers says the fourth question you can ask yourself in reading Scripture is, is there a lesson to learn? Mm. Is there a lesson to learn uh, in this in this text? Again, I, I go back to what we're doing now in Romans chapter 13. Uh, the lesson that we're learning uh, in in that chapter is Romans is a beautiful layout of the gospel. It mm. is the theology of the gospel. And the lessons that we learn from the theology of the gospel is that salvation is by faith. You were declared righteous by God, which is called justification. Mm-hmm. You are sanctified or set apart in your salvation. He very clearly articulates the three tenses of salvation. You have been saved. You are being saved. You will be saved in relationship to our salvation. We were saved the day we received Christ by faith. We are being saved as we're walking and growing in these lessons and growing in Jesus Mm. Christ. We will ultimately be saved from the very presence of sin when Jesus rules and reigns and it's all over. So true, Uh, so true. Just a wonderful, wonderful uh, book, the book of Romans, mm. uh, in regards to the lessons that we learn. And then and then the fifth thing Adrian Rogers says that, that I really hold fast to is, is there a new truth to carry with me? Mm. Is there a new truth to carry with me? Uh, the truths that the scriptures give us can be not only collective as well in, in the way of application, mm. but also personal right. in application. And it may be this old statement, but it is still a new truth mm. uh, to me. Love it. Yeah, a new truth to me. And I, I think about the Proverbs. I try to read a proverb every day and mm-hmm. in relationship to reading that proverb. Is there, this, is there a truth inside that proverb that's new to me today? It's an old truth, but it's new to me. Right. And because it's new to me, how can I articulate that where I understand it and then flesh it out. How can I appropriate that passage in my life where I can physically, mentally apply that spiritual principle mm. that causes me to walk in the footsteps of Jesus? And I just think Adrian Rogers did a just an amazing job in thinking about understanding the Scriptures and how we can apply that to our lives. Mm. That's so true. That's so true. And that's a great piece of advice. And all of those in looking through the text is, I, I can't think of a better a better summary of a conversation than those five things we discussed. And I love it. Uh, do you have any final closing remarks you would like to share? Well, I would like to just say uh, that I'm very, very grateful that God's placed this uh, podcast on your heart. I think uh, giving recommendations to those that are newly Christians that have been recently redeemed, those that have trusted Christ as their Savior, those individuals, they need, they have a lot of questions and they they need some right answers. Mm. And as they grow in this journey, as you grow in this journey, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, you will come to find out that there's a lot of voices that are out there speaking. I mean, you can find a lot of religious advice, a lot of religious advice. But I would just strongly encourage you to, uh, if you listen to religious advice, make sure that you 
study and see that that religious advice is coming from Scripture, mm. that it's coming from the Bible. And because there's some, you know, there's some guys out there that they say some really good things, but the good things may not be biblical things. Right. And so reading the right people and listening to the right people, I really feel like is is really imperative in relationship to spiritual growth. Mm. You know, I, I think about individuals that I first read when I was a when I was a believer growing first when I first received Christ growing up, uh, books from A. W. Tozer, uh, books by uh, C. S. Lewis. Uh, these these books meant the world to me. Uh, people like uh, Warren Wiersbe and uh, uh, Jerry Vines and John Phillips, mm. uh, individuals like Adrian Rogers and Charles Stanley. I mean, the, these these uh, guys did a tremendous job in relationship to communicating truth that really impacted me to the core mm-hmm. because they held to what is known as the historical grammatical form of interpretation. Right. They, they wanted to make sure that we clearly understood what the text was saying then when it was written and what the text how the how the text applies to me today mm. uh, because these letters when you think about uh, the letters the epistles of Paul they were written to specific churches for specific reasons and those reasons uh, he was uh, uh, given given those reasons by the Holy Spirit of God to communicate that church the, the truth with the church, and so in communicating that truth, there's truth for that church specifically the mm. church at Rome, the church at Colossae, the church at Philippi. There are truths for that church specifically, but there is also clear applications for us mm. today. Uh, I can't help but think about. Uh, the church at Corinth mm-hmm. and how the church at Corinth changed the Lord's Supper for all of us, right? Because they abused it, mm-hmm. and it completely changed after the correction that Paul gave them in regards to how they uh, receive and participate mm-hmm. in the Lord's Supper. So I would just say, you know, we just need to just need to make sure that we're reading the right people. Right, and we're and, and, and it's following Scripture. Mm-hmm. It's following the Word of God. Yeah. If if we want to be known as anything outside of being a Christian, may it be said that we are walking with the Scriptures that we're biblicist. Mm. I love it. I love it. I, if I could tack one thing onto that, I think especially for a new Christian, uh, it's okay to ask questions. I mean, I can sit here and, you know, I can honestly say to everyone that's listening, I've had to I've had to knock on Shane's door multiple times and be like, "Hey, brother, can you uh can you help me with this? I'm having a hard time chewing on this a little bit. What do you what what's your opinion?" And that's an okay thing. It's completely fine and it's encouraged to ask those hard questions when you have them because if you just sit there and like well, I can I can figure this out later. It's better just to go ahead and ask the question. Yeah, that's one thing about Christianity that uh, can be a challenge in in small groups. Mm. Like, you know, if you've got a small group and and, and it's the same way in, in churches as well in congregate in in the congregation. You know, on Sunday morning, on any given Sunday morning, you you've got Christians that are a week old, mm. 
one week, and then you got Christians that are also in there that are 50, 60 years old. Right. And so you have everybody that is on, they're on different levels at different spiritual growth levels mm. in their walk with Jesus Christ. Mm. And so with that said, when the pastor's preaching, it's his, he's trying to keep it as simple as possible. He's trying to hit everybody at every area of their spiritual growth. And, uh, and, and so that can, be, that can be a challenge for the new Christian because right. the pastor may say something like the tenses of salvation mm. that just like, what? Right. And, and that needs a follow-up question, mm-hmm. you know, where an individual sits down and, and says, help me see this one more time. And so I would agree asking questions are, are very important mm-hmm. to a young Christian that has just come to know Christ. And really, to be honest with you, in relationship to our small groups, these are great areas, great areas right. to be able to ask questions. So I would strongly encourage you to make sure that you're in a small group mm. and make sure that that small group gives opportunities to ask questions. Right. You, you know, we're doing this podcast on a Wednesday. And on this particular Wednesday, as I'm getting ready, I'm in Revelation chapter uh, number 21. And what we're going to do tonight is we're going to issue cards to everybody that is in the Bible study. Right. And say, okay, the 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 letter that was written to the seven churches mm. there in Asia, we I understand there's a lot of information that's coming out of the Revelation and it can be hard. So what questions do you have? Right. As we have taken the historical grammatical approach to walking through this letter, what are your questions? And I'm going to do my best to try to answer them. So mm. we'll do that, you know, for two weeks, and then I'll get those questions. I'll, I'll organize them and try to get them together. But want to give people an opportunity right. to ask a question? Yeah. Because it's this is that is this is tough, but 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 I also would say this in relationship to questions. I'm probably not going to give you an answer to that question that you have to some questions. Some questions will be settled quite easily, but there'll right. be some questions that the only answer is to believe by faith. It's mm. very very true. And that's and that could be tough. Yeah, but it's true. But, but it's true. We could do everything in our power to explain a particular doctrine or theology, but there will come a a season or a topic where you you just look, you you got to believe that by faith. Right. That's so true. That's so true. Well, Pastor Shane, I I greatly appreciate you coming on the podcast today as our first episode. I'm great to greatly appreciative of it, and I thank you for. Not only these recommendations you've given to our listeners, but all the recommendations you've given to me over my spiritual walk and as a mentor to me. And I pray and hope that all these recommendations that y'all have listened to today, you will study, dive into. And if y'all have any questions, don't be afraid to ask them. So, well, with that, we hope and pray that you all have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you all again for tuning in this week. We hope and pray that these recommendations help you grow in your walk with the Lord. For any more information, please visit our website, maysvillebaptist.net. 
or reach out to me personally at carsonhall.mbc at gmail.com. Thank you, and I hope you have a blessed day.